Hello and welcome back to Spark. We are off our temporary quarantine hiatus. I am here with the director of the union, Mark Guthier. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jacob. I'm glad to be part of the uh, podcast. Definitely. We're happy to have you. So I'd like to start with maybe some background. So where are you from and where did you go to school? Well, I'm originally from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I went to school at Indiana University, uh, did both of my degrees there. Uh, I have an accounting degree and a law degree. That was back in the um, 1980s. Uh, and uh, during that time, um, ended up being a residence assistant in the residence halls and uh, getting active at the union on that campus. And so... Um, found my way uh, into student affairs as a career, actually, uh, and um, I've been doing that uh, for the last, oh, I guess, 35, 36 years now. So. so how did you find yourself coming from the University of Indiana to Madison? Was it was it a direct transfer, or did you have a couple stops along the way, or...? Uh, no, it was so. I um, after I graduated at uh, IU, I got a job on the campus there. I was the uh, program advisor for their uh, lectures program in their uh, union, um, and uh, after a couple of years, became the program director at the union there, and then spent uh, eleven years doing that. Um, during that time, I. Um, ended up getting married and having uh, several children and my wife is originally from Wisconsin and so uh, about 18 years ago uh, after we had been married for several years and had our children um, there was a desire for us to uh, move to Wisconsin to raise the kids and uh, that was the same summer that the uh, director before me uh, retired uh, summer of 2001 so I applied for the job up in Madison and was fortunate to get it. And so uh, my, yeah, my entire career has been between the two Big Ten schools, Indiana University and uh, UW-Madison. So um, no stops along the way. So. so maybe, could you touch on how th- those two unions maybe particularly are different? And also, I mean, I've been, I've heard a lot from you and from other people within the union about just how unique the Wisconsin union is. Could you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. Uh, well, um, the union at uh, UW-Madison is uh, unique uh, in a couple different ways. One is um, there are very few other unions around the country that have the uh, scope and breadth of the uh, program that we have. Uh, so when you think about um, the variety of uh, programs, activities, and events that the students at the union at UW-Madison produce, um, I, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, the diversity of those offerings in many other uh, unions uh, around the country. Uh, so that, um, of course, includes all of the programming that comes out of the Wisconsin Union Directorate, um, the uh, ten different uh, committees uh, that produce, you know, programming from um, film and art and lectures and music and um, culinary and uh, literary arts and so forth um, to uh, the entire outdoor recreation program we have, uh, which a lot of unions don't have, um, uh, which is um, 
manifested mostly in hoofers, right, for the union. And so all of the clubs that are there from the sailing to scuba to mountaineering and outing and so forth. Um, and the fact that we uh, also have a riding club. And so, you know, horses and uh, are part of our mix. Uh, I don't know if you can think of another union that has a, uh, has to worry about uh, uh, live animals, right? So, um, and then uh, the union here also is the, um, houses the Performing Arts Center for the campus, you know, in the Wisconsin Union Theater. So, and having the student program direct the whole Performing Arts series. And uh, so we're bringing in artists from around the world from in classical music and world music and jazz and dance and so forth is all part of the mix here as well. Um, and then the um, breadth of the leadership program and the social justice hub and is with Wisconsin or with the um, wheelhouse studios, um, just uh, everything that's part of the program of the Wisconsin Union is uh, just so uh, broad and diverse, uh, really sets us apart. Um, the other thing that really sets us apart is uh, our location. And so um, the, um, um, uh, people who were planning the location for Memorial Union back in the mid-1920s couldn't have picked a better location uh, on the shores of Lake Mendota. And as it's turned out, uh, the, that lo locating of the Memorial Union at that time and the development of the terrace and the interface with the lake um, has been one of our signature pieces, right, that uh, builds community not only on the campus, but in the city of Madison as well. Uh, Memorial Union Terrace is known really around the world as one of the signature civic spaces, right, that uh, is a, a place that uh, draws in not only students, but uh, the entire faculty and staff of the campus, but also uh, the citizens of the city of Madison and then alumni come back and flock to that space. So that sets us apart as well. Uh, and uh, then when we added Union South, uh, the location of that building being really in the heart of um, um, the athletic complex for the campus, really has positioned that building to be part of the whole game day experience and part of um, uh, what people experience when they go to Camp Randall and so forth. So the, the siting of the Union locations uh, on this campus has been uh, very fortuitous and really has helped set us apart as well. Uh, we um, certainly benefit from that. And uh, third, I'd say the fact that we've uh, maintained our membership program uh, sets us apart as well. So many unions in the 1920s when they opened, um, particularly in the Midwest uh, at that time, uh, had live uh, uh, active membership programs. And that's how um, uh, buildings were paid for. And, pro uh, and for whatever reason here at UW-Madison, we've kept that lifetime membership concept alive and encouraged students to become lifetime members when they graduate and community members to become members of the union. And so that sense of ownership and connection to the union uh, is manifested in that membership program. And uh, we've maintained that. And so that sets us as part as well. So those are the three ways I think that um, we uh, are unique as, it, as compared to unions around the country. So, so how does... You mentioned the city of Madison. I, I'm interested briefly if you could maybe talk about some of your own experiences and how the programs and demographic changes from the school year population at the Union to the summertime population at the Union, if you really think that there's a, a demarcation whatsoever. 
Well, uh, well, absolutely, yes. Um, so th- during the academic year, uh, the focus uh, for most of the um, programs and events at the union uh, really around uh, the uh, offerings of the Wisconsin Union Directorate, the union's uh, programming arm, uh, and they put on om- almost 2,000 events uh, during the academic year, and those are um, around those um, subject areas I mentioned previously. And the main audience for the vast majority of those programs during the academic year are the 45,000 students on the campus. Um, they're certainly open to faculty and staff and community members attending as well. Uh, but certainly the main focus during the academic year are to build uh, programs and community for the student body. And then the union's other space, the, the, all the union spaces are helping support that for all of the other student organizations on the campus as well. You know, there are... Um, uh, well over a thousand other student organizations on the campus besides the Wisconsin Union Directorate. And the vast majority of those programs and events also happen in the meeting and program spaces of Memorial Union and Union South. And those programs are really focused on attracting students and um, building community for those organizations as well. And that definitely uh, shifts quite dramatically uh, after commencement. And so there's a, uh, the only quiet period really at the union um, is between commencement and Memorial Day weekend in a typical year when the uh, shift begins to take place and our focus turns out, outward, outside. And then the terrace comes alive and the community starts to move in and use the spaces as well. And so certainly the students that are around in the summer use the union still uh, and uh, uh, make great use of the terrace and the rest of the facilities at the union and everything that uh, hoofers does, you know, the, the docks come out and uh, the whole outdoor program comes alive as well. Um, but uh, unlike many other unions around the country that uh, tend to go down into their slow period in the summer, I'd say, you know, except for that uh, small dip in activity between commencement and Memorial Day weekend, uh, on this campus operates year round and we're into just uh, a whole nother season and a whole nother um, um, part of our offering that is really attracting the city of Madison uh, with the students that are here for the summer season. So uh, it is true that uh, the focus does change in the summer. So you've been there, you've been at the helm for almost two decades now. How have you seen the union change in that tenure, in your tenure with, you know, the advent of, you know, mass communication and social media and also uh, a shifting of, of social values and social norms? Well, um, I'd start by saying that... Uh, what has changed at the union is not its uh, mission or its role on the campus. It, uh, that has remained constant, and um, I anticipate it will remain constant moving forward, and that is that um, really positioning ourselves as the community builder for uh, UW-Madison and the common place that all students, faculty, staff, and alumni should feel belongs to them, right? So if there's one place on the campus that is trying to speak to all the constituencies of the campus, 
and uh, bring them together in community, it be the union. You know, that, that's our unique role on the campus. So how we do that has certainly changed uh, over time and in the two decades that I've been here, right? Um, um, and how that changes is the fact that we leave the programming of the union in the hands of students. So uh, each succeeding generation of students that comes in plans the programs and events that the union sponsors. Um, so those 2000 events that are produced every year by the Wisconsin Union Directorate uh, are all through student voice, student decisions, um, and um, student advocacy. So um, the staff certainly help advise that and, and uh, help make those things happen, but uh, they have really very little voice in what those programs and services are. So what the actual uh, presentation of our schedule is, is in the hands of students, and that's how um, that changes every year. So what I've seen change over the um, uh, couple decades that I've been here is uh, things like um, we didn't have a publications committee when I was first here, and I think um, everybody would have uh, at one point would have said that uh, that would uh, never come back. We would not produce print media again and then the students uh, spoke up and there was real desire even in the age of digital media to have hands-on journals that they could produce and uh, hold um, and read and we now have you know, six publications that we produce um, annually um, as a result of that so um, that's changed in the, in the two decades I've been here um, a couple of years ago we added a culinary committee and that was a result of uh, students uh, asking that uh, there be more of a focus on food systems and food supply and understanding where their food came from and being able to produce their own uh, food and, and those types of things. So um, that's a reflection of responding to student need, right? Um, there's certainly been a shift in the amount of attention we pay to sustainability and the environment. And in fact, our governing board, which is has a student majority on it, uh, has directed the union to add a sustainability coordinator uh, this next year. So um, those are the types of things that are a result of direct student voice and student impact. So that I've seen uh, just a few examples of things that have changed. So. Since we're on the topic of the union's continuity and change over time, how, let's address the elephant in the room, how has COVID-19 affected the union? Well, uh, in some pretty dramatic ways, obviously, uh, right now, um, in that uh, um, uh, we're not able to be uh, in a physical way the community center uh, during uh, a time of crisis. So, um, and that is that's hard for those of us that um, work in. Um, unions around the country is to be in a position, I talk about this with my other colleagues in the Big Ten, uh, usually a union on a college campus is the central gathering place of um, crisis or stress or in moments of celebration for a campus community, right? So um, uh, in previous uh, tragedies, national, regional tragedies that have happened, uh, the union would be uh, providing the central place for people to come together and to process that or to gather in moments of sorrow or uh, when there are national celebrations or um, uh, even local celebrations of success 
usually that's the place that uh, students in the community flock to celebrate or be part of the common experience. Um, and uh, this is a, a type of tragedy uh, that um, we've never experienced before from a college union perspective where the very act of coming together and being in community is not allowed, right? And so um, of what a union is supposed to do. Um, and we can't do that now, um, at least um, in a non-virtual way. So, um, so we are still provide some basic services and for the campus to the extent we can, given the fact we can't be the central gathering place. So, uh, for instance, we were uh, we still opened up for uh, voting um, as a commitment to our uh, um, supporting. Um, students and community members uh, uh, civic uh, duty right so we were a, a polling location on uh, april 7th uh, starting um, uh, next tuesday will be a weekly uh, location at union south for blood drives uh, which is needed at this time and so uh, when you think about uh, where on the campus could we um, uh, help support a blood drive during the pandemic uh, i think um, people pretty naturally think of the union, right? So uh, so we've stepped up and we'll provide the space for the blood drive. We're the uh, pickup location for the open seat food pantry uh, for um, student government to move their food pantry operation out of their building uh, on Tuesdays for pickup at Union South, just to have a central easy location for people to drive up, walk up and pick up um, their, um, their food. Um, so we're still trying to find ways to be um, um, the location on campus that helps provide some of those essential services, but we're not the gathering place right now. So we're trying to do that virtually, trying to encourage uh, as much of our programming coming out of our um, student committees and clubs to happen virtually. Still trying to uh, search for ways to create that common experience, uh, but it's just not the same. And um, we are um, struggling uh, to come up with effective ways to do that right now. Uh, but I think uh, we'll get better at it. Uh, hopefully we don't have to stay in this uh, situation um, uh, for the long. Inevitably, inevitably we're going to, we're going to come back from this. So right. we hope, yes. <laughs> yeah. How do you see the union adapting some of its practices that were previously employed to the new post COVID-19 world, if it's going to be that different at all? Well, I think we're going to have to think about um, um, crowd size and those types of things. Uh, you know, the other thing about uh, um, the union's operating model and, um, is that uh, we're built, uh, operating and business model is built pretty much on large volume, right? Uh, we love to have uh, lots of people show up on the terrace. We love to have lots of people show up at Badger Bash before a football game. We love to have the Union Theater full. We love to have Varsity Hall and Great Hall, uh, Varsity Hall and Great Hall full, right, um, for events. So, um, so moving forward, I think we're going to have to um, change our uh, perceptions and expectations of what success looks like uh, in order to be um, measuring that based on what's safe, right, and what uh, the community. Um, tells us they're um, willing to feel comfortable in. So uh, I don't know what those numbers are right now, but um, we may not um, 
we may not be able to accommodate uh, as many people as we have in the past, and that'll be by mutual agreement between us and, and our patrons, right? That this is what feels safe now, this is what feels comfortable. Um, so we'll have to um, monitor that. Uh, you can certainly um, think about that also as it pertains to um, the um, dining locations uh, in the buildings. Uh, we rely heavily on uh, providing, you know, food and um, uh, meals to uh, students in the community. Uh, but uh, what are the expectations that customers and the union will uh, have to develop together for what, how that feels comfortable and safe moving forward? Spacing in, in the restaurant locations and, and ordering, you know, what? how can we um, make that a more convenient and um, comfortable experience uh, for people in uh, following the pandemic? So, um, and then the other thing I'm thinking about is uh, this uh, kind of... Um, moving into a blended programming model, uh, possibly where we uh, more uh, regularly um, plan our programs and our activities to be um, attended by people in a mix of people in person and virtually, right? So that uh, what we present to the community is uh, accessible um, from the very beginning to those who uh, choose to show up and those who want to join us from a distance. And that that happens more regularly across all the programs we offer. So how do we deliver that in a blended environment moving forward? So, so obviously you're you're a tremendously successful individual. What are some uh, tips or points of advice that you have for students who are interested not only in you know uh, fostering programming on campus, but also uh, post-grad in professional ventures or whatever they might choose to do? Well, um, I'd say to um, um, students right now, they need to, uh, first and foremost, um, take care of themselves, right? They need to um, make sure that uh, their um, physical um Safety is taken care of. Their uh, mental and emotional uh, state is um, is solid and good, and that uh, they have a good sense of um, um, uh, who they are, and that uh, they're um, that there's this uh, sense of wellness, right? In those three, right? Their physical, mental, and, and emotional state, um, and that's um, been challenged. Uh, uh, most recently by the pandemic and and uh, they need to understand that uh, everyone is trying to come to grips with that some some balance between those three right so so first I, I um, remind them that it's okay to be thinking about that and taking care of that um, uh, secondly I um, encourage them to um, remain open to possibilities um, to remain flexible uh, to um, for students that will be uh, with us on the campus, either as new students or students uh, coming back uh, as sophomores, juniors, and seniors uh, in the fall, uh, to um, um, be thinking about uh, or to be open to the possibility that the Badger experience will be different. It won't be uh, the same, but that doesn't mean it's going to be worse, right? Um, that together we'll create this new experience in this blended 
kind of in-person and virtual environment moving forward uh, and to be open to those possibilities. So if you're a member of a student organization that's coming back and you want to plan programs and events for the campus to uh, see this as um, um, something that uh, we're all new kind of Badger community and Badger experience together. And um, that'll be okay. And we'll do a great job at it, I'm sure. So for students going out into um, like uh, out into the world and they're graduating and they're, um, there's uncertainty coming, um, I, uh, my advice there would be to um, take time, be patient, right? Uh, it's, um, uh, we will get through this and uh, the jobs and the economy will come back. Uh, um, and that um, it's, um, it's okay if it takes a while, right? And that uh, you need to give yourself kind of patience and um, the grace to um, kind of take the time to get through this and um, not feel like uh, um, you have to have the solutions, you know, on May 15th this year, right? Uh, it's just a different world and it, it'll be okay, so. All right, now we're going to go into everyone's favorite part of the of the show, the speed round. So I'm going to ask you a series of either of questions that require a, a one-word answer or maybe yes or no, and I want you to try to, to pump them out as fast as you can. Okay, are you ready? Okay. All right. I hope. Memorial Union or Union South? Memorial Union. Favorite restaurant in and in, in either of the unions uh oh uh ginger root coffee or tea coffee light or dark uh dark if you could have dinner with one person living or dead who would it be oh gee this is always i'm sorry i'm not being very fast um, my paternal grandfather. What is one secret, if you will, that you don't think a lot of students in Madison know, either about the city or the university itself? Uh, um, that the... Um, that the union actually has uh, Memorial Union um, actually was in two other buildings before it ended up in the place that it is now. That's good. I didn't. I, I didn't even know that. What has been your favorite union event that you've attended besides all the SOPO ones that you were at this year? Obviously. <laughs> um, the Yo-Yo Ma concert when we reopened the uh, Union Theater. Definitely, that's great. Um, Mark, thanks for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. All right. Thank you very much, Jacob. Thank